today we are beginning a brand new teaching series on one of possibly the most misunderstood subjects in all of the Bible, and that is the topic of the Holy Spirit. Now, I got really creative in, in the name for this series, and we're calling this the Holy Spirit series, because there's I couldn't really think of, I mean, I'm sure I could have thought of some other names, but I want to specifically focus on the Holy Spirit. Now, when we say the, the phrase Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, as it's also implied in the Bible, uh, one of the other names that, that the Holy Spirit is referred to as, um, it creates a lot of tension. Uh, matter of fact, just talking about this, there are some people right now that are getting a little uneasy, a little uncomfortable because you're not sure what direction that we're going to take uh, on this. And so there may be some of you that's a little uneasy about the topic. There may be others of you that are sitting on the edge of your seat, biting your fingers like, oh, I can't wait. This is going to be so good because you think you're going to get to run laps at during church or something like that. Because for a lot of you, a lot of you maybe grew up in a uh, in a church setting such as I did, I, I went to a Pentecostal background church, an Assembly of God church, Pentecostal, charismatic, wild, whatever that you want to call it. And so for some of you, when you hear the Holy Spirit, your mind immediately starts thinking about a lot of emotional things or a lot of actions. Maybe what comes to your mind is, is as I said, running in church or, or dancing or shouting or speaking in tongues or being slain in the Spirit or courtesy blankets. Anybody know what courtesy blankets are? <laughs> anyway, uh, so some of these things may be coming to your mind, so you're excited. But on the other side of the spectrum, there's other people, um, when they hear the Holy Spirit, they're a little apprehensive because they think about the other people who are running in church and, and dancing and shouting, and they're like, man, that's weird, and I don't want anything to do with that. So we have a couple of different views, if you will. We have what, what some people call a pendulum that, that swings back and forth of churches and, and ministries. Like on this one side over here, you have people who, who I would say um, overemphasize the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is like everything that happens, whether it's in order or chaos, is, is the Holy Spirit. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. Somebody could be standing up here singing, and all of a sudden somebody stand up and give a message in tongue, and this person has to quit singing to, to reverence this person over here. And it's, it's honestly chaos. It's a lot of disorder. But we overemphasize and say, well, that's the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people have done some crazy things in the name of the Holy Spirit. And other people over here on this side, you have the pendulum that swings way over here, and these churches or these type of people or ministries, they underemphasize the Holy Spirit. Specifically because of those people over there. We don't want anything to do with that. It's kind of like that, that family member that we're ashamed of or we're embarrassed of. That we're just like, don't even talk to them. Just pretend like you don't know them. When people are asking you, if, hey, aren't you kin to so-and-so? You're like, no. It's, you know, he comes from a, you know, the, the family tree. It just it broke off. He's no longer part of the family. And we're really embarrassed by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and both sides of those really are, are, are wrong. And so what I want to do in, in, over the next few weeks is, my prayer is that, that you would at least approach this series with a, with a blank page, with an open heart, an open mind. And what I want to do is I want to give you a biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit. Because I believe that 
as we're going to get into this, that, that, that God has something great for all of us, but we're not operating in this power because of a misunderstanding or a wrong perception of what we believe the Holy Spirit is and His role in our lives. So I'm asking over the next few weeks is that, that you would approach this series with an open mind and an open heart and let God speak to you from the Word of God. So I want to start by looking at the book of John, chapter number 14, that's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We're going to begin reading at verse number 16, and as we get ready to read this, I want to give you a little bit of context here, because how many realize context is very important? Extremely important. Um, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, his Work on earth is about finished, and so he is going to be leaving this earth very soon. So he's talking to his disciples um, with this leaving in mind. And he's telling them, I'm going to be going away, but don't worry because I'm going to send another. And so that's the context, so let's keep that in mind. He says this, verse number 16, he says, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another counselor. Now, this is the New International Version. Your Bible may say advocate. It may say uh, helper. It may say comforter. But either, either of those are, are very fitting as we're going to get into uh, the definition of this here in just a moment. You'll see this. But he says, I'm going to give you another counselor to be with you forever. It's very important. Who is this counselor? He says he's the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. Can I just tell you, this is why um, uh, the world thinks that we're crazy. Because they can't see him, neither can they know him. And we're trying to describe this, this Holy Spirit. We're trying to describe this power that works in our life. And people's like, man, you, you're just weird. It says, neither can they see him or know him. But you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. Jesus is saying here, the world can't see him or know him, but you do know him because he lives with you now and later he's going to be living in you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, one of the things that I want you to see today, and I'd love for you to write this down, and we've talked about this before, and a lot of this stuff is going to kind of be, um, I don't want to say old material because it never gets old, but repetitive information for a lot of you that's been coming for several years, and and I know you're note takers, and, and you write this down, and and that you're on your way to heaven because you love Jesus, you love taking notes, you love studying the Bible. Uh, but there's others who, who may not have heard this before and may not even thought about this. And since we're doing this teaching on the Holy Spirit, it is important that you know this. And that is this, that the Holy Spirit is a person. It's extremely important. I know this is elementary to some people, but to others this is revelatory information. You've never thought about this. But you have to know the Holy Spirit is a person. He is not a force. He is not an it. He is a person. And the verse that I just read to you, or the verses that I just read to you, Jesus is is showing us that the Holy Spirit is indeed a person by the way He refers to Him. He says, I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to give you a counselor. That refers to a person. He says, the world cannot see him or know him, but you know him, for he 
lives with you, and later He will be in you. Do you see all the personal pronouns? The Holy Spirit is a person. In fact, He is the third person of the Trinity. A few weeks ago, we did, a, we did an entire message on the doctrine of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is God in spirit form who lives in you as a believer. Now that's, that'll stir your, your, your soup right there. He is God in spirit form who lives in you as a believer. Jesus said, I'm going away. This is what he's telling his disciples. I'm about to go away. I, God in the flesh, am going away. But I am going to send you another counselor. That, that word counselor comes from the Greek word. We're going to put this on the screen for us back there, Austin, please. It comes from the Greek word parakletos. That's very important. I, I'm not a Greek. Um, I don't even know the word. I'm not, I don't study Greek. I, I, but it's very important to understand that the Bible was, was written mainly in two different languages. The Hebrew, which is mostly the Old Testament, and then the New Testament, which is uh, comprised mainly of Greek. And so what happens is, is when the English translators begin to translate it to a Bible that we can understand, they would translate Greek words to English words. And a lot of times they couldn't find a good English word that was very descriptive of the Greek word, so that's why it's very important to know what the original Greek means, because sometimes our English words mean something different. How many realize that, that even today, that words that we used to say when we were kids mean entirely something different today. You know, when I, back when I was a kid, lit mean you're, you're lighting something. You're lit mean, you, you know, he lit a cigarette. Or lit means, I don't even know what it means. It means cool or, y'all help me out, was it? Is that right? It means A-okay. I mean, words have different meanings. So it's important to look at this. That word, that word, I send you another comforter, counselor, is the Greek word parakletos. And it's, here are different definitions. You look this up in a Strong's Concordance or some sort of Greek uh, lexicon. I believe I'm saying that right. It, you, here are the different definitions. It means intercessor. So why am I telling you this? Because Jesus says, I'm going to give you another comfort. I'm going to give you someone who will intercede on your behalf. I'm going to give you a consoler, someone that's going to encourage you. I'm going to give you a comforter. I'm going to give you an advocate, someone that will stand in, in, in your place and fight for you. I'm going to give you a comforter. I'm going to give you a helper. How many realize if Jesus is saying, this is what I want to give you, how many say, I, I want this. I want an intercessor. I want someone to console me and encourage me. I want someone to fight for me and stand in my place. I want someone to comfort me when I'm hurting. I want someone to help me. And Jesus is saying, I'm going away. I, God in the flesh, am going away. But have no fear. I'm going to send you another helper. I'm going to send you an intercessor. I'm going to send you a counselor. Think about this for a moment. It would kind of be cool if Jesus was here with us in the flesh and followed us around every single day and was there every single moment of our lives. Just think about this for a second. If I'm sick, if I'm having back problems, I say, Jesus, man, I got this back problem. Oof. Heal. If I have a tough decision to make and, and I need wisdom because I'm like, man, what do I do? Hey, Jesus, you know, man, I got this decision. Go this way. Do this. Wouldn't it be cool if Jesus is right? I know some of you are like, I don't know, because I, do, I wouldn't want him to know what I'm doing, but you just need to get saved, okay? For us Christians, 
we like get excited for the fact that, that Jesus would be right there with us. Now, as good as that may seem, Jesus says something in this next verse that, that really would floor you. Okay, look what he says in John 16, verse 7. Jesus says this, It is to your advantage that I go away. Even though we would want him to be here with us, he's saying, it's for your advantage. I'm doing this for you. It's for your advantage that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the counselor, who's the counselor? The Holy Spirit, the comforter, the intercessor, the advocate, the helper, the consoler. If I don't go away, the counselor won't come to you. But if I do go away, I will send, here's, here's another personal pronoun, I will send him to you. So, as, as good as we may think that it sounds to have Jesus in the flesh walking with us daily, Jesus is saying, it's much more advantageous to you if I go away, because when I go away, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. God in spirit form is going to live inside of you. This is what Jesus is saying. It's actually best that I'm no longer here with you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you. And not only is He going to be with you, but He's going to live in you and be with you at all times and never leave you and never forsake you. He's going to be with you forever and He's going to guide you into all truth. Once again, the Holy Spirit is a person. In fact, He is the person of God in spirit form. And He lives in us as believers. But if we don't see Him as a person, this is important, if we don't see Him as a person, we'll never develop a relationship with Him. We'll never seek to deepen our intimacy and relationship with Him. And therefore, we'll never experience the power that's available to us. You know, um, and I know you know this, but when you look at Christians today... Uh, what you typically see are believers in Jesus, but rather people who do not possess the power of God in their life. In other words, there's no power. They're still bound by the same sins that the world is bound by. They're still struggling with the same addictions that the world is. Uh, their prayer life is really ineffective, stale, or even non-existent. Uh, they still worry and stress and fear. In other words, there's, there's no power that's working in their life. How, how many has noticed that? And for a lot of us that haven't noticed that, it's like you've just, you've just taken this as this is what Christianity is, which really just a name uh, over our door or, or that we, we call ourselves Christians, but we don't look any differently. We're just going to heaven. Well, do you know that Jesus intends for us to look different? That as Christians, it's not just another religion that you claim and lay hold to, but there's something about Christianity that's different, and that is that God, in spirit form, lives inside of us. There should be a power that's working in our lives. Yet, when you look at Christians today, it seems that we, we can't get victory we still struggle. We believe in Jesus, yet there's no real power working in our lives. Why is that? It's because we're not letting the Holy Spirit empower us. We're not walking in the Spirit. 
We're not being led by the Holy Spirit. We're not listening to the Holy Spirit. We're not living a Spirit-filled life. Now, we're going to get in this into the, in, a, in a probably two weeks from today, I'm going to talk about what it means to be Spirit-filled. Because when I grew up, what being filled with the Spirit was, was, was actually some of those things I just described a while ago. People running and, oh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I ran three laps in church, or I shouted, or I danced. And, and I'm not saying that God won't do those things, okay? But when that becomes the emphasis, or when that becomes the identity as to who is filled with the Spirit or who's not with the Spirit, we've got a problem. Because I know people who can shout and dance and do all these things who bear no fruit spiritual fruit in their lives. There's no power working in their lives. There's no love. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no patience. There's no kindness. There's no goodness. There's no gentleness. There's for sure no self-control. How many, don't, and don't think about who these people are, but you know what I'm talking about. But on the other side, I've seen people who haven't done these things as far as shouting and running, but man, the Spirit of God is working powerfully in their lives. And so here in a few weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to be Spirit-filled. But what I want to talk about today is that people aren't empowered by the Spirit. They're not being led by the Spirit. They're not walking in the Spirit. The Bible says if we're walking in the Spirit, we will not give in to the desires of our flesh. We're not listening to the Holy Spirit. We're hearing all these other voices, which means that we're not being led by the Spirit and we're not living a Spirit-filled life. So why aren't people today living a Spirit-filled life? There are several reasons why people aren't. I want to share with you two this morning as to why people aren't living a Spirit-filled life. Number one, if you're taking notes, many people aren't living a Spirit-filled life simply because they're not even aware that there is a Holy Spirit. Maybe they didn't grow up in church. Or even if they did grow up in church, maybe, maybe it was a church that didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. Like, like I said a while ago, we... We just don't talk about that. Shh. No, we don't, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit here. Maybe some of you here are here this morning and you can relate. Maybe you grew up in a church where the Holy Spirit was not uh, emphasized. Or maybe, maybe it was in, in a way and, um, and you've learned a certain way or a certain meaning of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you know about the Holy Spirit as far as there's God the Father, there's God the Son, and there's, then there's the other guy. The Holy Spirit. But that's really the extent to what a lot of people know of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people aren't aware of the Holy Spirit. And if they're aware of His name, they're not aware of what, the, what is available to them through the Holy Spirit. There, there's Bible verse that I, that I want to point out to you that's actually uh, kind of humorous. Um, many people may not even have ever read this before. But what I've just told you about people not being aware of the Holy Spirit is actually in the Bible. Acts chapter number 19, verses 1 and 2. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, in other words, he's out ministering to the people at Corinth, which is where we get the book Corinthians, First and Second Corinthians from. While he was out at Corinth, Paul went to minister somewhere else. He goes to Ephesus, which the writing of Ephesus, to Ephesus is where we get the book Ephesians. There he found some disciples. Now, we've highlighted this word because disciples are believers. Okay, it's very important. So he finds some believers and he asked them. Okay, he found some believers. He found some believers. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, obviously, these were not any of the people who were at the Pentecostal outpouring that you read about uh, in the early 
chapters of Acts, where on the day of Pentecost they were in one mind and one accord and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Obviously they weren't there. And we'll get into that maybe even next week. Uh, but they were baptized by John the Baptist. If you read on, you're going to find that out. They were baptized by John the Baptist, but they were believers. And they answered this to the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you were baptized? They said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. That describes a lot of churches today. Describes a lot of believers today. Didn't know there was well, No, I mean, I've heard about it as far as like, you know, we sing a song at, at church, I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. But that's, that's really all I know. This describes a lot of people. Today. That's all they know of the Holy Spirit. And here we find that Paul is asking them, Hey, I, I know you're a believer, but have you see, received the Holy Spirit? Like, no. We didn't even know there was such thing as the Holy Spirit. We've heard of God. We've heard of Jesus. But who's this Holy Spirit? And I think that describes a lot of people today, maybe even many of you in this room. You've heard of Jesus, heard of God, but who's this Holy Spirit? You may be familiar with the name, but, but that's where your knowledge of Him ends. You just know of Him. And I want to tell you something that, this morning, and that is that there is a supernatural power available to you through the Holy Spirit that most people aren't even aware of. There is, I told you all ago, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force. He's not an it. But developing a relationship with a Holy Spirit, discovering who He is, seeking to know Him more, allows the Holy Spirit, which is already in us as a believer, we're sealed by the Spirit of God, but it allows Him to take over our life. We become under the influence, if you will, of the Holy Spirit to where we're walking in power. We're overcoming sins and strongholds and addictions. We're in tune with the Spirit of God. and We, we know when to call people and when to, when to say the right things. We're walking in wisdom. I mean, this is, this is the power I'm talking about that's available to you. This should stir a lot of people this morning. My goal is this morning is that we will no longer be like putting Him off, but try to grow in Him to begin to unleash that power in our lives so we can walk in this power. Christians all over the world are going through life without tapping into this power that is available to them through the Holy Spirit. But yet, did you know that the Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you as a believer and I know that we, we most of us could even quote that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead he lives in me as a believer but what in the world does that mean what are you saying the same spirit that did what that raised Christ from the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to me as a believer I'm telling you, we are missing something as followers of Jesus Christ by neglecting the Holy Spirit or not being aware of the Holy Spirit or not seeking to grow and deepen our relationship with Him. There is supernatural power that's available that not only we need, but the world needs us to have and walk in. So many Christians today are living a life that looks nothing like the life that God has for us. They're living a life today with no joy. I, I know Christians that are some of the most sour, 
people on the planet. I'm trying to be tactful, I guess is the right word. They're just, they're always negative. They're always down. They're always poor, poor, pitiful me. There's no peace. There's no victory in their life. In other words, their lives are not empowered by the Holy Spirit. And in most cases, their lives are not empowered by the Holy Spirit simply because they're unaware of the power and the presence of God in the Holy Spirit. People are just not aware of it. So my goal is that throughout this, this, this series that you would become aware of, of not just who the Holy Spirit is, but His presence and the power that He brings to us and that we can have, and that we can, that we can flesh out, that, that the things can work in our life. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will begin to do things in our life, begin to turn our life around, begin to keep us from being bound to addictions over and over and over, but to walk in victory. The second reason why people aren't living a Spirit-filled life today is because they're resisting the Holy Spirit. And now this one describes probably the majority of us. They're resisting the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit is, I would go as far to say that He continually is prompting us as believers. Because that's how, that's how God accomplishes things on the earth. He does it through people. He does it through His followers. That's why the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, He's the Spirit of truth. He knows what needs to happen in the earth. And so, when we're staying filled with the Holy Spirit and we're deepening our relationship with Him, the Holy Spirit will prompt us to do things. He will also prompt us not to do things. You can refer to that as conviction. He prompts all of us. But what happens is that most of the time He's prompting us to do something good, Pastor Jerry, and we have the attitude, I don't really want to do that. I want to do something else. And what we're doing when we say that I don't want to do what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do, we are resisting the Holy Spirit. Maybe He's prompting us to do something good. Maybe He's prompting us to, uh, I don't know, to, to give above and beyond a financial gift to, to the church or maybe to somebody. Maybe He's prompting you to bless someone. And we're like, eh, I don't really want to do that. I was going to use this money to do something else. I had something else in mind for that. And when we do that, we are rejecting, or resisting rather, the Holy Spirit. Maybe we're about to do something that's not right, and the Holy Spirit is saying, you shouldn't do that. And we're like, but I want to do this. And we do it anyway. We're resisting the Holy Spirit. We, we all struggle with this. And I can, just, I can just tell you this, that I struggle with this. There, there are times when, when, when the Holy Spirit's prompting me to do something, and maybe I don't, I don't feel like doing it. And I don't do it. And I have to repent. I say, Lord, I'm sorry. And I know some of you right now are like, well, how do you know what the Holy Spirit, how do you know if it's you or the Holy Spirit? And, and this, I mean, this could get into a lengthy discussion, but... But I heard someone describing it the other day, and I thought it was a, a good explanation, was that sometimes you just have to assume that it's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I mean by that. If, God, if, if you feel that, 
that, that you're being prompted to do something good that's going to benefit someone else other than you, sometimes we just need to work under the assumption that that possibly could be the Holy Spirit. Are, are y'all following me? Because that is not in my nature to do that. My nature is to be selfish. So there's a lot of times that, you know, God, is this your voice? Now, now as you begin to respond to that, you're going you're gonna to grow in knowing the voice of the Lord, and you're going to know whether that's God or, or if that's, that's just you. But I think it's a good, safe assumption that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you feel this, this notion to bless someone or to put someone else first and do something good for them, you can work, I think it's safe to work under the assumption that that's the Holy Spirit. Now it's your, it's up to you and I whether or not we do that. Okay? There, there's one verse that comes to mind and, 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 some, and when I say these things, sometimes I don't think about them when studying, so I don't think to look them up and write them down. So... There's a verse that talks about the gifts, uh, the gifts of the Spirit of God are subject to the prophets. In other words, what that means is like the Holy Spirit's going to move on you, but it's up to you as to whether or not you're going to respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying. In other words, He doesn't just make you do things. And that's, that's very important. because I, I think I need to say this. Never be scared of the Holy Spirit. Hey, you're like, well, what if, what if I'm praying and, and I just all of a sudden get this uncontrollable jerk? The Holy Spirit's not going to make you do that, okay? And I think some people are, are, are scared about pursuing and, and deepening their relationship with the Holy Spirit because they've seen what other people say made the, the Holy Spirit made them do, and that's, that's, that's baloney. Okay? The Holy Spirit doesn't make you do that. He is a gentleman. Okay? So back to my point, when, when you're being prompted to do something good to put someone else first and be a blessing, you can work under the assumption that that's the Holy Spirit. And I'm just here to tell you, there, there is no greater feeling of refreshment than to know that you have responded to what you believed was the voice of God speaking to you, the Holy Spirit, and you do what He's telling you to do, and you realize how He worked through you to work a miracle in someone else's life, or to be a blessing, or to minister to someone's life. Let me give you an example. Um, a couple of weeks ago, now, this doesn't happen to me all the time, okay? But in the last three months, it's happened twice, which I really like it, okay? Uh, because I'm starting to, like, okay, God, that's cool. But specifically two weeks ago, there was a local pastor here in town who was on my mind. Now, and a lot of times, you know, sometimes I have just crazy thoughts. I think about someone, and that, that's one thing. But this was something to where no matter what I did, I could not shake this, him being on my mind. And I just felt that God was saying, I want you to call him. Well, God, I don't, what am I going to say? I don't know what's going on. Just call him. And so I called him and, uh, you know, kind of made some small talk there for a little bit and just you know, asked him how things were. And I said, well, listen, I, ju I just wanted you to know that I just felt like that God put you on my mind and you've been on my mind all morning. And I just wanted to call you and see if there's anything that I can pray for you about, or if there's anything that, you know, that you need to tell me or that, that I can be for you. And, and you could just hear this long pause on the other end of the phone. And uh, when he began to talk to me, you could tell that his voice was, was cracking up. And he's like, you know, I haven't told anyone this, but, but I'm dealing with some things right now, some, some, um, some physical things. And uh, I just don't know how, how this is going to go. And I said, well, listen, I just, I just felt that God put you on my heart today, and I just wanted to call you. And let, let me pray for you while, while I have you on the phone. I begin to pray. And, and have you ever had those prayers where you were just, like, impressed with the words that come out? Anybody? You're like, you hang up the phone and you're like, wow, that was me? 
It's, but it was God speaking through me. And when I, when I prayed for him, it, you could just hear the refreshing or the, 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 how he was ministered to. And he'd just begin to say, man, thank you so much for calling me. Because what that does is even when no one else knew what he was dealing with, it was God's way of saying, hey, I got you. I'm aware of your situation. And to show you I'm aware of your situation, I'm going to have someone talk to you that's never even heard about your situation, has no idea what's going on, and they're going to call you out of the blue. I've had phone calls like that to where someone I hadn't heard from in years and they call me out of the blue and they just check on me and all of a sudden it's just like God's way of saying, see, when you thought no one cared, when you thought I wasn't even aware of your situation, I'm very aware of it. Guys, what I'm telling you is this is how the Holy Spirit works. This is how He will empower us as believers to be the hands and feet of Christ in this world. We'll be walking in wisdom. We may stop and talk to someone we've never even met. And say, you know, I just want you to know that God is aware of your situation. And they may just like, you don't even have to know what it's about. But the Holy Spirit, He prompts us. We have to stop resisting the Holy Spirit and just step out and do it. Well, Scott, I'm scared to do that. Well, you know what? Sometimes you're just going to have to step into that and just step beyond that fear and trust that God is going to take care of you. Well, what if I look like a fool? You already look like a fool. Do it anyway. People already think you're crazy. Just be obedient. A phone call like that, a simple phone call, I'm telling you, that is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's not something that you just stumble upon accidentally. That's not something that I try to manipulate and, and form in my mind to try to say, well, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to call someone to see if I can impress them. No, 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 that's the, that's the Spirit of God working in the hearts and lives of men. And that is what is available to all of us through the person of God in spirit form known as the Holy Spirit. I'm here to tell all of us this morning that if we can cast off some perceptions that we have formed of the Holy Spirit. And I know that there have been some misrepresentations of the Holy Spirit in churches and in the lives of other believers. And what's happened is, is many times when we hear the Holy Spirit, we think about those weird people. And, and I just want to say this, the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And He wants to empower all of us to be more than conquerors in this world. To walk in victory. To be in tune with His voice so we can be directed in our steps. And I love what the Apostle Paul says. I believe it's in Galatians. He says, when you're walking in the Spirit, you will not give in to the lust of the flesh. In other words, there's a zone, if you will, that we can walk in and walk in victory and walk in power. And the fruit of walking in that is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and meekness or gentleness and, and self-control. I've, I've lost of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Okay, there it was. <laughs> I have to sing it to, to remember. But when we walk in that, friends, the world needs us to walk in the Spirit. And it's not weird. My prayer this morning is that you would embrace the Holy Spirit. That you would embrace Him. Is He living in you already as a believer? Yes, you are sealed. The Bible says that we have been sealed by the Spirit. He is the earnest money, if you will. He is our guarantee that we belong to God and that we're on our way to heaven. But there's so much more than just having Him in our lives. He wants to have us. And the more that we 
decrease, the more of Him that increases in our lives. The more that we submit to Him and read the Word of God and pray and, and seek Him, the more that He begins to flow out of us. There is a power that is available to all of us today as believers. The Holy Spirit. I want to pray over you this morning. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. And just, just ask yourself this morning, what is, the, what is God speaking to me through this message? What is God saying to me today? What misunderstandings have I believed? What, what, what wrongful perceptions have I bought into that has caused me to either be unaware of the Holy Spirit or resist the Holy Spirit? And what can I do today to start embracing and deepening this relationship with the Holy Spirit. My prayer this morning is that all of us would just begin to embrace and open our lives to the Holy Spirit. The person of God who lives inside of us as believers. He's not scary. He's not weird. He wants to be your helper. He wants to be your counselor. He wants to be your advocate. He wants to be your intercessor. I'm just going to ask you right there where you are today. Just, just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for the person of God, the Spirit of God who lives inside of us as believers. Lord, we just read in your word this morning how when you were here on this earth in the flesh, you told those who were around you that it is to your advantage that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. But I am going to go away and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And not only is He going to live with you, but He is going to live inside of you. And He's going to empower you to walk in this world in a supernatural way. He's going to cause you to walk in victory. He's going to cause you to walk in wisdom. He's going to cause you to walk in, in truth because He is the Spirit of truth. And Lord, this morning I just rebuke the lies that the enemy has fed us as believers to keep us from embracing the Holy Spirit, to, to keep us from from pursuing a deep relationship with Him. Lord, I pray that, that we would become more aware of Your presence, that we would become aware, more aware of the presence of God in our lives and pursue that. And to cause our lives and our, our priorities, Father Lord, to be rearranged so that we put You first and seek You first so that your spirit is walking or working in our lives and that your power is flowing. God, we need your power. The world needs your power. God, we are to be a city that's set up on a hill. Lord, we're to be light to this earth, Lord. Light in a dark world. Father, we know that we have the answer in you, but God, we're not walking in that because we're not embracing the Holy Spirit. So deepen our relationship with you today, Lord us to seek you in all that we do and grow and embrace the Holy Spirit. And we give you praise for this today in Jesus.